Hey y'all, I'm Jen Leah, and this is my brand new podcast, bringing you real-life stories from up-and-coming female artists of all genres. If you want more than the mainstream, you've come to the right place. This is Women in Stereo. Hi there, I'm Jen Leah, and welcome to the very first Women in Stereo podcast. Um, so, awkward pause, awkward pause. How is everybody doing? (laughs) When I first visualized starting this podcast, a lot of things were different. There was no global pandemic. There was no uprising, although there probably should have been. I just wish it didn't come about in such, in such a negative way with such negative events surrounding it. And on a more personal level, I didn't have five inch roots and I didn't realize how painfully awkward I can be on camera sometimes. (laughs) But hey, here we are. Sometimes things just don't go as planned and the only thing you can do is pound your fist to the floor. You can kick and scream and turn around and go back home or you can keep walking and keep on moving forward. So here I am and all my socially awkward glory, I hope to bring y'all some happiness and joy through the awesome stories and awesome music from the incredible women that I find. My first guest on the podcast is a beautiful and talented young lady named Brie Kovic. She has an amazing story about her journey into music and how she used music as a tool to combat her high school bullies. Now, the first thing I want to say is that I hate to throw in another wrench into any kind of negativity that's going on right now, but I feel like bullying isn't being talked about enough, just like racism wasn't talked about enough. And as a result, we have kids that are hurting themselves, we have kids that are killing themselves, and on the flip side, we have bullies that grow up and never learn that this behavior is not okay. And then sometimes they grow up and be in powerful positions and dangerous to society. I'm not going to name any names, but I'm sure that you can think of a few that come to mind right now. In the end, I hope that Bree's story leaves you uplifted. And I hope that you will go check out her and her music because that's what Women in Stereo is all about. Finding these incredible women and their stories they tell through their music. So, uh, we're about to get into it. But right before that, I want to shout out my contest winner, Morlo Embargo. Um, They won my feature contest last week, and you can check them out at MerlotEmbargo.com. You can also search them on Facebook and Instagram. Um, If you want to be featured, stick around because I'm going to do another contest at the end of the month and probably the end of every month. I also have a lot of cool stuff planned for Women in Stereo. And I just want to say uh, I really appreciate all the support and the love I've gotten so far. I love every message and every comment and every like. So thank you all so much, and I really hope you enjoy the interview. Hey, Brie. Welcome to Women in Stereo. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited that you're my first guest. The first thing I want to ask you, since my site is all about introducing people to new artists, is your story. Tell me about your story. Tell me about who you are. Okay, well, I come from Houston, Texas. I'm Bree Kovach, and I basically have always expressed a love for music. And in fact, my uncle was the last original member of the Duke Ellington Orchestra. He played the trumpet, 
he conducted. So I pretty much spent a lot of my young childhood going to his concerts. Whenever we'll go traveling, we'll listen to music. So as I got older, I just realized how important music really is and how much I love it a lot and how much it can really be used to express emotions, what's going on. So I was like, hey, maybe I should do something with the music. So after we moved out here to Greenville, we found some music programs for me to get involved with since we didn't really know much of anything back in Houston. And that's pretty much where I found my passion back in middle school when I started actually playing musical instruments and singing and stuff. So yeah, that's um, pretty much my background for the most part. That's really cool. So did you start out singing or did you learn an instrument first? Oh goodness. Um, so I started with the viola in the sixth grade. And one thing led after another. I had to learn the violin because my teacher wanted me to like tutor some students. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll learn the violin. So viola, violin. Then a little into my freshman year of high school, I taught myself keyboard, like piano keyboard. And that led to me teaching myself guitar just because I had it there and I wanted to actually know what to do with the thing. So yeah, uh, after that, I got my first electric guitar in my freshman year of high school. And I was thinking, you know what, maybe I should really learn how to play this instrument. And the singing didn't come until seventh grade where I started singing at the Christmas concert, at different functions. And I also was in a musical in my junior year of high school. So I had to definitely do a lot of singing there. That's really, really cool. You and I have similar backgrounds. I was homeschooled and I'm from Houston. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> That's so cool though. I miss it there, honestly. That's the one thing about Texas is you're gonna miss it if you move away. Like I wanted to go all out and move to the big city. I was a country girl. And then like two years later, I was like, I miss Texas. <laughs> Especially since I have family who I love so dearly who live 939 miles away from me. So it's really hard to like really know what they're up to. I can know like a general idea, but it's just not enough. Yeah, I mean, social media does a lot, but it's not the same as being there and getting a visit in person. So I get it. It is really hard. Um, you moved to Greenville, Kentucky? Oh, uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, okay. Close enough, whatever. <laughs> do you like the East Coast? I do. It's it's cool. Like, especially since we get snow more often. Like, when I lived in Houston, we only got snow once and it melted in less than 24 hours. Whereas here we get snow pretty much every winter and it lasts for a few days. So I definitely appreciate the cooler, like, climates and the snow and everything. Ugh, I don't really like the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the reasons that I invited you on this podcast was because you reached out to me and told me your amazing story and about your song I Don't Matter that's basically a big F you to the people who bullied you in high school and I think the way you handled that is amazing and I really want to share your story I think it's a very important topic that doesn't get discussed enough and it's one of those things very parallel to racism that just builds up and builds up until someone gets ends up 
getting killed or killing themselves and it needs to be brought to the light a lot more. So I'm hoping that telling your story can inspire others and make others think a little bit harder about this subject. So let's get started. When did all this start? Middle school? The whole music thing, I started in middle school with being an orchestra, singing at orchestra concerts. However, like with the whole, my, with my background of the whole bullying thing, that actually started earlier in elementary school, but didn't actually get more serious until middle school when I was in orchestra because I was a principal violist for a good majority of my time in middle and high school. And for some reason, people didn't like that. So they always tried to start some stuff with me. And I was like, hey, I'm just trying to do my job, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> the story behind the song I wrote, I Don't Matter, I know it sounds really negative right from the get-go, but that's pretty much just a summation of all my thoughts from parts of elementary school, although those weren't really that bad, but middle school and high school where it all started getting real. So in elementary school, I've always been bullied all through my life, but in elementary school, I was too young to really pay attention to anything. It didn't really matter. I noticed it, but it was easy to brush off. But as I got older and went on to middle school, I started realizing, hey, maybe having friends is an important thing. Maybe having a good image in front of all these people is a good thing, especially when I get to high school, because I remember watching a lot of Disney Channel as a kid where being popular in high school was a big deal. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I should be popular, but that never seemed to be the case with me because a lot of people seem to have bullied me, but it only made me stronger and it made me realize my self-worth. But the reason why I got really bad in high school was because of somebody who I knew from middle school and she didn't even know me from Adam, but she'll just constantly come at me with unnecessary remarks and other things. And I'm just sitting here minding my own business and I'm thinking to myself, oh wow, maybe she's right. Maybe I do need to change myself. So I kept phasing out all through middle school, especially through high school. And <laughs> Oh, not to mention, I skipped a grade in high school. And so she tried to spread a rumor to all the classmates that I didn't skip a grade. I wasn't smart enough to skip a grade, which was pretty wrong because obviously I was able to skip the grade for a reason. But it still hurt. It really did because I never did anything to this person. But the fact that she was deliberately trying to hurt me, it just didn't make any sense to me. And as an older teenager, I started thinking to myself, well, you know, maybe I do need to change myself. Maybe there is something wrong with me. I started losing my self-worth and I fell into a golf phase in my senior year because I was thinking, well, if I want people to leave me alone, I have to scare them away. Because I actually felt like the entire school, the entire world was against me. So I want to scare everybody away. I totally forgot my friends who stuck there by my side, my family. I totally forgot about everything that actually mattered because all I wanted to do was appear important in this girl's eyes. 
So I ended up going to this golf face and I I scared people away, but I didn't know who I really was. I was never happy because I wasn't being myself. I was being someone else to satisfy what one person wants, what another person wants. Because I mean, after all, it really hurts when you sit down at a table at lunch and everybody moves away, leaving you alone, or they never talk to you and they gossip about you. I want to feel like I had somebody there by my side and I was so mixed up with my own emotions and my own problems that I forgot about the people who were there, which I'm really happy I came of age and I saw my value and saw who all supported me through this, which really mattered. I can't believe that people are still treating people that way. I can't believe that we're not evolved enough to teach our kids a little bit of compassion. I mean, even the strongest of us going through something like that, especially at such a young age, it's hard to feel like you don't matter. It's hard to feel not completely worthless. I mean, and you know, people always say like, don't worry about what people think of you. It's not that easy. I mean, you're a teenager, you have all these hormones, you don't even know who you are yet. The last thing you need is someone making you feel on a daily basis that you are completely worthless. So my question is, do you feel like they had a reason to do this to you? Or do you think bullies in general have a reason to act out that way? Do you think they're going through something at home? Or maybe some of them are just evil? What are your thoughts on that? In a way, I do think that there may be something deeper going on within the bullies' lives. Maybe the reason why they're taking out their anger on someone else is because of an insecurity they have about themselves. Maybe there's something going on in their family lives. Who knows? Because, I mean, everybody has skeletons in the closet. Everybody has something going on. But it all depends on how they take that out. They, they can cope with it or they can just go out and lash out on other people, make them feel like they're not worth it. And that just so happened to have been my case with the bullies. And that's what's really sad is a lot of the time, there is just an issue at home or there is just a child that isn't being taught how to properly deal with emotions on the other side of it. And they're, it, it's just coming out in these negative ways and they're not even taught that it's not okay to not to treat people that way. They're not taught that they can't push people around. They are not taught how to deal with their anger. They're not taught that it's not okay to think that you're better than someone and therefore you can treat them like garbage. Has she ever apologized to you for treating you that way? Never, ever, ever. In fact, I think it was really just a status thing as well because they were like the popular rich girls in high school who drove around the fancy luxury cars and the convertibles. And I, my way of coming to school was in a little white pickup truck. But hey, I love that little white pickup truck. It got me to school and I graduated. I made it out of there. So hey, yeah. I'm not arguing. But they flaunted their richness or how much they have and then they started comparing themselves with me and it's just like there's no comparison I'm a totally different person and I love who I am because I'm different mm -hmm. and it takes a long time for us to realize that being different is actually pretty cool it's so frowned upon and such a faux pas in high school that it takes such a long time to grow out of that mentality but honestly, I think it's pretty cool. I've always been different. I've always gravitated towards the different. I thought it was really cool in your blog that like you said you uh, went through a, a goth phase. Did you think you did that as some kind of um, 
like defense mechanism because you made it sound a little bit like it wasn't you um not really because i actually had a friend who did accept me but in certain conditions so she was kind of gothy herself and she liked me but she said she'll like me more if i was maybe like more like she was and so at that point i was desperate i said i'll take anything as is so i looked on instagram i was like okay well this is what i want this is what i want to look like here we go dyed my hair red nearly fried it off my scalp but hey I was who I wanted to be at the time, but I wasn't who I was truly supposed to be. That makes sense. And like, I just want to say, nothing wrong with being goth. Those people were Oh, yeah. Right. So, no, no. <laughs> I mean, hey, it was pretty it, cool. But yeah, like, if you're doing it as because you feel like you need to be someone else or, like, you know, that's yeah. Have you ever kind of given in and bullied anyone yourself? Oh, goodness, no. Goodness, no. <laughs> In fact, I'm an only child, so my parents heavily raised me to not be mean to other people, to value other people. I was raised to believe people were inherently good. So when I got to public schooling after being homeschooled for a little bit of my early childhood, I was kind of taken off guard when I realized people can actually be kind of mean. It, it, somehow scared me but it also made me sad so like i didn't expect that from people i believe hey people were meant to be good people so why is this happening good for you i mean there's definitely different ways to deal with something like that and one of the ways is to kind of give in and be like them and push people around and take out your anger on others or you can kind of go through this fire and come out a better person so I'm glad that you went that way not glad that it happened to you but definitely glad that you came out the, the good way oh yes yes yeah because I also yeah I also lost um, some really meaningful people in my life in my early childhood I lost my grandparents my uncle who I mentioned earlier who was in the Duke Ellington Orchestra I lost all my uncles on my mom's side and recently I lost my aunt on my mom's side who was an actress. She was another really big inspiration of me. So it was pretty difficult trying to overcome these feelings because not only was I losing people who I cared about, but I was also being rejected at the same time. So I really did feel like I was alone. Wow, so not only were you going through this bullying BS, but you had a lot of really hard stuff in your personal life that was going on. I'm really sorry that it I mean it sounds like you were really going through it yeah uh, i can say i didn't really have much of a normal childhood i mean i did do the traveling i played with my dolls but most of the time i had to step to the plate to take care of my grandpa which was the most wonderful thing i ever did and i'm so honored that i got a chance to do that he was a wonderful person but i was so young doing it so yeah i pretty much had a different upbringing than other children who like have fun in kindergarten, played in the playgrounds. I was taking care of family, which was honestly an awesome thing for me because I think that actually helped make me a stronger person who I am today. I did, I did. In fact, my grandma, she, I used to sing Bible songs to her because I had a CD 
like 100 different songs on them. So every time I come to her house, I sing to her and she'll give me Bible studies and all. And I really, really love that. She actually went. So she finds God and know who he is, as well as my mom. And my aunt, in fact, on my blog, I have a quote from my aunt who passed away recently from stage four metastatic breast cancer. And she said, I'm so proud of Brittany. Tell her to keep going. Don't allow distractions to cause her to detour. And that was actually a text between her and my mom. And after my aunt's passing, my mom showed that to me. And I was like, wow, I, I have to put that in my blog. Wow, yeah, that's a really beautiful quote. It should be on like a banner or something. I I loved her. She was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been there. I've lost people. And even though sometimes it is better, sometimes they're better because they won't suffer anymore. It never gets easier. So I'm really, really sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah, well, she's no longer suffering. She's been fighting this um, disease for a few years now. So, I mean, at least she's not suffering anymore. But it it does feel different without her here. So I have two kind of philosophical questions. My first one is, how did this all make you feel in high school? And what would you say to your bullies now? So feel that way about the bullying thing? Yeah. So after being hit on with all the bullying and the people making me feel like I don't matter, the reason why I started feeling that way was because I didn't feel like there was anything keeping me back from being happy. Like I was sad all the time and I didn't think my parents understood anything. Although I had to remember they were teenagers before. I'm pretty sure they went through the same thing too, but I didn't want to give them a chance to understand. I forgot about my friends and didn't tell them about anything. So I just crawled into this dark, depressed little circle, this little dark orb, and continuously chanted to myself that I don't matter, nobody cares about me. Every day I come home from school, I would talk about how much I don't matter and how much if I were to, you know, die, nobody would care. It was pretty negative. I kept like insisting that, oh, well maybe if I'm not here, they will be happy or they wouldn't know what the difference is. It was really bad. Like I would do that continuously, especially at night when you get like random thoughts of embarrassing or awkward things in the middle of the night, it will definitely come off full force in the middle of the night of, Oh my gosh. Remember when that girl did this in middle school, remember that that boy did that in high school. Yeah. Doesn't help at all. That's when your mind starts going at night and you're just kind of trying to sleep. Exactly. Exactly. So my second question is, do you have any advice for any for anybody who might be going through that right now? Well, what is goodness gracious. <laughs> goodness gracious. I mean, I didn't really take much of the advice from my parents until I got out of high school and started realizing all of this was just like a bunch of petty stuff. So my advice, don't listen to what those bullies have to say because they're only salty because 
they got a problem with themselves because you're beautiful you're smart you're intelligent you're all of that especially at the end of my music video i show the poster of all the wonderful things that you are just don't listen to the bullies because they don't know what they're talking about they want to bring people down because misery loves company that's what my mom always tells me misery loves company and that's pretty awesome because that's basically what bull bullying is all about they're miserable and they want to make you miserable so so with your music is that what kind of inspired you to be a singer and a songwriter um or was that already in you something you wanted to do it was already in me i didn't start writing music or lyrics until the seventh grade and goodness gracious they were so very cringy but i didn't actually start writing that kind of music until my senior year of high school because that's when that started getting serious and it started affecting me really badly because all my previous songs was like love songs happy songs next thing you know bam this so what kind of songs do you write now? Do you still write about your experience with that? Or did was that your song about it and you kind of put it to bed and now you write about other things? Um, I believe that's my, kind of my only song about the whole bullying thing. Although in my song Lost from my Homesick album, I mentioned these past years, I lost the ones who matter and like how I try to alter myself. So it kind of touches that, it kind of touches the surface just a little bit, but it doesn't go into depth like I Don't Matter does. However, the rest of my songs are pretty easygoing. Like Christine is about my guitar. My other songs are about missing home, loving family, missing family. So, I mean, it's still sad kind of, but it's not angry and like, all about this serious bullying thing. It's just like family and stuff. That's good. I mean, ain't that what songwriting all about? Therapy. Right. So is this your chosen profession? You want to be a singer-songwriter or do you have other plans? Well, I would love to be that. In fact, I have intentions of doing that, but I'm also majoring in math in college just in case I don't do anything else in music. I have something to fall back on. But <laughs> yeah, but right now I'm really focused on wanting to get myself out there, share some music with people. Okay, so you do kind of want to pursue it, but you also have a backup plan, which is amazingly smart idea because music, as you know, is crazy and hard, but worth it if you can put it your all into it. And you're an amazingly yeah. talented young lady. I'm really impressed. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so I was going through your Instagram and I saw that you did TikTok a little bit too. Oh goodness, yes. I, I love making TikTok and likey videos because it also brings out my love of acting and dressing up and stuff. Because believe it or not, the whole phasing out and trying to find myself thing also kind of applied to me liking to dress up and cosplay and stuff although that's more of an enjoyable facing out rather than what i did in high school you know yeah i saw on your blog you had like an anime thing for a while so you've always been a little bit different and which i like i said it's really cool you just went through a few phases to kind of figure out who you were i think that really helps at the end because now i know what i like what i don't like what i'm neutral about so 
in a way, facing out is kind of a necessary evil in a way. So where do you see yourself in five years? Oh goodness. <laughs> well, um, I would love to have a family by then, but if that's too soon, I would love to at least have released a few more albums. Hopefully I finish my math major because I still would like to stay in college and keep on doing my math stuff because I'm also majoring in theater. So yeah, I keep myself busy. So I like to get all the college taken care of just in case I go off and raise a family. And then I decide, hey, I don't have time for this music thing anymore. So maybe I could be a mother in five years. Maybe not, who knows? Because five years is actually not that far from here. I'm only 19. But who knows? I said I might get started early just because I want five kids. Oh my goodness. Five kids. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, I love how well-rounded you are. Like you want to do like math, which is insane. I mean, to me, it's insane. I cannot do math. You want like five kids. You have acting. You have music. You're so like cool and well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, I try um, a little bit of everything. That's amazing. Do you have any plans to come to LA and try out acting? I would love to, but I have to like find the time because I'm also doing some work in school for this summer so I can get ahead and get some more scholarship money, you know? Because college is definitely not free, you know? Mm, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I would love to come out to LA one day, especially like to take pictures because I need some new stuff for my Instagram feed. Oh my goodness. Well, I think your Instagram feed is great, but yeah, there's definitely Thank a lot you. of interesting <laughs> <laughs> so I know there's pretty much no performances anymore just yet, but do you plan on taking your music live? Oh my goodness, yes, yes. In fact, before this whole COVID-19 thing, I did a few live performances at my college, and I was thinking about doing so at a local venue, but that's when everything started turning topsy-turvy. I'm still thinking about doing it at the local venue, but also whenever I travel to like Tennessee or Houston, I will perform at hotels in the lobby just so I can be like, hey guys, I play the guitar and I sing, you know? Hey, I mean, that's a good place to get started, that's for sure. In fact, I um, played at my aunt's funeral uh, when I came to Houston in December. It was in Ju July, no, not July, it was in January, January. So, so many J months. It was in January I performed for her um, funeral. And honestly, it was an honor doing that because I performed Homesick Song, which was her favorite song from my album. And unfortunately, she didn't live long enough to see the final CD come out, but she had heard of my um, older song, like the older versions of the song. Wow, um, I bet your performance at her funeral was super beautiful. I'm really sorry again for your loss. I I bet that she heard it in some way. You performed one song? I played um, one song of mine at the funeral and I played a cover of another song that she liked listening to at her funeral. Gosh, I'm so sorry. That must have been so hard. Yeah, it's hard. I, I miss her, but I'm glad I did it. I really am.
So tell me what you've been doing in quarantine. Oh, other goodness. So, yeah, yeah. Other than school, I've been working on writing some new music, releasing a new album pretty soon. I'm not going to share too much about that because it's all a surprise. And honestly, I have no idea where it's going to go right now. In fact, I'm actually thinking about spending some big bucks on it because I'm going to buy some equipment for a music video. So, I mean, there's one little spoiler, kind of, but I'm not going to say anything else because it's all a surprise. I've been writing new music on my guitar and all, trying to, like, learn new covers and all. I've been trying to keep myself busy with the whole music thing while maintaining school and taking care of my cat and fishing with my dad. That sounds fun. Do you do all the music yourself or do you have a producer? Oh, so I write all the music, I produce all the music, and I started doing my own engineering, recording engineering. Since this whole COVID-19 thing came around, the studio I went to for my Homesick album shut down temporarily. And I wanted to release music while in quarantine because I heard other stars doing it. I was like, okay, well, maybe I should try doing the same. So I do some engineering on my songs. I produce, write the lyrics, play the music, pretty much the whole nine yards. Wow, do you ever sleep? <laughs> <laughs> there are some days where I go without sleep and other days where I stay awake for two days straight. Good so night. yeah, no curfew for me. still do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's uh, pretty much it. I didn't know that you played guitar. I would have said, you should do an exclusive performance. Oh yeah, well I had to dust Christine off because I've been getting really involved with school lately, so... And by the way, my Christine is my acoustic guitar that I wrote this song about. You wrote this song. I love yeah. it. Thank you. I named, you yeah. I named all of my instruments, so I'm kind of a dork when it comes to that. No way, that's so common. That's not dorky at all. You said that you're releasing new music soon, or you're just working on it? I am in the middle of working on a new album. Uh, I already released a few new songs, like two new songs, and I believe one is available on Apple Music, I know for sure. Idol Matter is already out there. Because although that's a single, I plan on putting my singles and some other songs into an album. And there's another song called Therapy Session, which is an instrumental, and that's pretty much what it is for right now. Because I'm still wondering which songs should get music videos, which songs which songs shouldn't get music videos, I'm trying to balance stuff out. But yeah, I've already released two songs so far. So yeah. And, and there should be more coming soon. Yourself too? What happened? And you do the music videos yourself too? I do, I do. Not the homesick video that was done in the studio. But for I Don't Matter, I actually did everything for the video. Dang, girl, that's crazy. You're just like everywhere and everything. You're so talented. Thank you. Well, Brie, I guess that's it. Um, thank you so much for this amazing conversation. Thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye.